Coming up on Harvard Chan This Week in Health, meet the graduates. HIV is a very unique disease. I think it's both an intellectual challenge, but also a very important global health program that we desperately need to fight. This week, we share the first of two profiles of those who are wrapping up their PhD programs this year. We'll meet Pedro Lamoth Molina, an aspiring physician scientist who has spent the last five years exploring a critical question about HIV. Hello and welcome to Harvard Chan This Week in Health. It's Thursday, May 18, 2017. I'm Amy Montemiro. And I'm Noah Levin. Commencement here is just a week away. And to mark the occasion, we'll be sharing profiles of two of our students who are wrapping up PhDs this year. First is Pedro Lamoth Molina, who is graduating with his PhD in Biological Sciences and Public Health. He's an aspiring physician scientist, an HIV researcher, and an accomplished triathlete. You'll hear about all of that as I share part of my conversation with him, and at times you'll hear me and Amy share a little more context about Pedro and his work. And to get us started and to give you a sense of just how accomplished he is, consider that Pedro applied to medical school when he was just 12 years old. I, I want to start off by asking you about this great story. You applied to medical school when you were 12, which I think is a really kind of fun story. What, what inspired you to apply at the age of 12, and then what actually happened when you applied? Most of these things weren't very planned. They just, like, happened. Uh, I grew up in a family where there were several physicians in the family, so uh, that's something I've always looked up to. So I wanted to be a physician from very early on. And uh, I was interested in science, and especially biological sciences, and, and, and medicine was uh, the bigger plans for, for my career uh, very early on. I had the opportunity to advance faster uh, during the uh, first uh, years of school. So I suddenly I ended up uh, having finished high school. And in Mexico, as in many other countries, you can apply to medical school as, as an undergraduate. So instead of being a four-year program as a graduate program, it's a six-year program, but it starts right after high school. So when I finished high school, I had to decide where and what to apply to. And uh, that was, as I said, not very planned. So I was just there. And uh, I wanted to apply to 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 medicine, so I I did apply. I and I had a, actually it was a phone interview with the with the, uh, the head of admissions form from the university, and uh, he said that uh, he had reservations whether I would do good or not uh, having a being at that uh, young age. He said that I was uh, academically qualified enough to to be uh, a medical student, but uh, he he said that. Uh, Maybe emotionally would be difficult for me to uh, get, go along the the path of medicine at that age. And and so you mentioned kind of having, kind of being being in a family of doctors. So was, and you eventually did end up going to medical school. So was this something that you kind of always felt drawn to working in medicine, working in public health, work doing something kind of in the health field? Yes. So I think it was a little bit of two things. I've always uh, enjoyed science and knowing things, but also wanted to do something that has an impact and helps people. Pedro did eventually graduate from the Mexican School of Medicine at the Universidad La Salle, but first he actually made a detour into engineering. At the slightly older age of 17, Pedro graduated from the Monterey Institute of Technology in higher education. While there, he focused on engineering projects related to biology. One invention was an electronic device that could measure and record patients' vital signs. While Pedro didn't pursue engineering as a career, he did tell me that what he learned in school has been valuable as a public health researcher. He says that engineering has helped him learning how to design complex projects. An example of a complex project, 
Pedro's dissertation, which looked at a type of white blood cell called a CD8 T cell. It's particularly good at fighting infections, especially viruses, in people with HIV. Pedro helped identify a unique mechanism through which T cells recognize HIV-infected cells and showed that this process is linked with certain people's ability to control the virus. That research is helping to shed light on a lingering question among HIV researchers. Why do some people with HIV never get sick? I asked Pedro about that, but first he explained why he was drawn to HIV research in the first place. Early on in medicine, I was fascinated by uh, by the coevolution race between pathogens and, and, and the immune system. I just uh, found that very, very uh, interesting. Uh, and, uh, and HIV is... Uh, a unique disease, a very unique disease. I think uh, it's very new disease. It's not been in the humans for very long, but it has uh, it has grown a lot, and it's a very, very important global health prog- problem. We know a lot about the disease. If you read any textbook of medicine or biology, you see there's a lot that we know about the disease and the virus itself, but it's just not enough to be able to uh, to win against that uh, particular virus. So uh, I think it's... Uh, both an intellectual challenge, but also a very important global health program that we desperately need to fight. And so I know one of the specific things you touched on a second ago is this uh, immune response and kind of, I guess, specifically this idea that there are people who can get HIV, but they may not necessarily become sick. Is that is that something that's relatively common or what, what do, we, what do no, we kind of know about that? No, that's a, that's a great question. So, um, so everybody responds differently to the virus infection. Uh, some people respond better and have a stronger immune response, more robust immune response, and they can control the virus for longer. Uh, so when somebody gets infected, sometimes it takes a couple of years or a few years before they develop uh, clinical AIDS. Uh, and some people develop uh, clinical symptoms much faster than others. And there are people who have been infected for very long periods of time, and they have been able to suppress the virus uh, long term and be able to, to prevent those clinical symptoms. Uh, so uh, there are a few people between 1 in 100 to 1 in 300 that are able to suppress almost completely the, the viral replication below the levels of detection by, by most of the, of, of the assays that we have uh, in the clinic. And, uh, and they've been able to control the virus for long. So we, we have a, a very interesting large cohort of those individuals that my advisor Bruce Walker kind of got uh, along the years. Uh, and we've been trying to understand what is particular about those uh, uh, those individuals and the immune responses that they mount against the virus and trying to understand what is an effective immune response, what is um, an immune response that is effective looks like, and if, if there's something that we can use to replicate this as a potential therapeutic. So in, so in a sense, kind of what you're looking at is if you can take lessons from those people who naturally have an immune response to HIV and that can be used in people who, who don't almost as a treatment method? Yeah, exactly. I think that's the ultimate goal. I think uh, there are many steps that have uh, to be uh, uh, gone from, from one side to the other, but that's the ultimate goal. I, th- I think it's first trying to understand uh, what an effective immune response looks like, and see if there are anything that uh, any things that we can use that uh, to build uh, therapeutics further down the line. So I think what's interesting is that you kind of you you you're working in kind of on the research side, which, as you mentioned, you know, a lot of steps can be kind of a long process, but also kind of on the patient, the medical side. So I guess how important is it for you to kind of have exposure to both sides, the research side, but also kind of working with patients one-on-one. No, I think it's great. It gives you a, 
a broad perspective, and I think uh, it, it gives you a broad but also a clear perspective. When you're in the lab and trying to design things, you know what, uh, uh, you have a better idea of what can be applicable and what would work in a patient if, if that were to succeed. And, uh, and the other way as well, if you are in the clinic and, uh, and see some interesting cases or interesting findings, then you can have ideas of what to do or what to uh, study in the, in the lab. And so you mentioned working with, with Bruce Walker. Um, when you were kind of looking at, at schools of public health, was there, I guess, was there something specific that drew you here? Did you know you specifically wanted to work with him? What kind of, what kind of brought you up to Boston? So one of the things that uh, was very appealing was this particular program that I applied to and ended up doing my PhD in. Uh, which is the biological science in public health. So I wanted to apply uh, to a program, and I wanted to work uh, in something that it was a basic science, trying to understand uh, the basic mechanisms, but in something that uh, was not far away from from having an application. And I think uh, so. That's what drew me to this particular program. So I think that's that's uh, that's really unique and, and great. Uh, once I was in, in a program. Uh, uh, I was interested in immunology and 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 um, and especially HIV immunology. And and Bruce Walker is uh, is one of the the leading scientists in in T cell immunology uh, against HIV. And um, and he has been for a number of years. So uh, and and being himself a physician and a clinician, I think it was a good fit for me because uh, I I wanted to work in basic science, but something that had uh, potential application. So I wanted to ask about that. You talk about this idea of being a physician and a clinician. For for people kind of listening who might not be familiar with that, I mean, what what does that really mean when you're kind of a physician scientist? It depends. Uh, there are people who work more um, uh, work in the clinic, see patients, and take care of patients, and uh, and uh, and they do some uh, clinical research uh, with those patients and try to uh, understand uh, how things work. And uh, some others do more basic science, um, where they're trying to understand the cellular or molecular mechanisms of certain diseases. And I think uh, that's that's uh, the particular uh, site of a of a physician scientist, where you provide uh, care to patients, but you use the knowledge you acquire from taking care of patients to get ideas to to do research and and do uh, pro- research projects in the lab. And the other way around, if every research project that you try to set up in the lab has the idea of a potential application that you can carry back into the clinic. So when Pedro isn't in the lab or the clinic, he relaxes by competing in triathlons and running marathons. He's completed about 20 triathlons, several of which have been Ironman length. So in case you're not familiar, athletes in those grueling races swim 2.4 miles, bike 112 miles, and then run a marathon. I asked Pedro about finding the time to compete in these races and how he first got started in the sport. You're, you're kind of focused on research, I'm guessing on data. How, how does that affect your triathlon training? Are you like a data geek and you're, you're, am, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're always analyzing yourself? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and so how do, you, like, how do you balance triathlon training with all like, the work you're doing in the lab? Is that, is that a difficult challenge yeah, for you? Yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard. Um, there are... There are times where I don't have uh, time to train at all, and there are blocks of training where I'm doing a lot of training, uh, where and try and try to do it when when things in their lab are not as busy. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's it's hard. It's not it's not easy to to do both things for sure. Are there are there moments in a triathlon where you're just regretting the decision entirely to do a triathlon? Oh yeah, yeah, every time, <laughs> <laughs> every time, every 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 time. Uh, there's always a point in in a particular race where you're not feeling great and and you're questioning why am I doing this and but eventually you 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 finish and then it's like oh this is why I was doing it so you you mentioned b- before the interview that you, you you started off as a runner so what what inspired you to pursue triathlons was it just kind of the next natural step it was an interesting no, challenge uh, it was actually uh almost 11 years ago uh it was uh, it was my birthday in march and uh I had m- my uncle uh he is a a very well established triathlete and uh, he had done uh, more than ten marathons and and uh, half Ironman and and he was training for a full Ironman then and uh, and and I started doing a, a couple of five k races and and ten k races and uh, it was during my birthday he said like oh there's a triathlon in in May why don't you sign up for that he's like well I don't own a proper bike I have a mountain bike that has uh, been in the basement for five years and I haven't used it and I don't know how to swim and so like oh you just do a sprint it's fine you'll you'll do fine so I actually uh so went to my local gym in Mexico and uh kind of like got some lessons from a a swimming instructor and read a couple of uh of books about swimming technique and watch a YouTube videos of how to properly swim and then I uh I uh I uh took my my bike out of the basement uh, it was a mountain bike so i just did that triathlon which is a sprint triathlon and um i just fell in love with the sport and i said like well this is the the last sport i'll ever do and this is the sport i want to do until i'm 80 years old and uh a funny story this this the event was actually where i met my my wife so is she a triathlete as well she is she is yeah so you basically taught yourself how to swim well, from I, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of uh, lessons from a uh, from an instructor. He was just telling me like, "Oh, do this or do that." Uh, and then, and then I had a friend um, from medical school in Mexico who was a really great swimmer. And then uh, we went together to training, and he taught me a lot about that technique, and and uh, and and got considerably better with his help. <laughs> and that was my interview with Pedro Lamoth Molina. And as you heard him talk, you can really tell that family is incredibly important to him, both when it comes to triathlons and also his career in public health and medicine. And as we talked about in the beginning, he does come from a family of doctors and scientists. Pedro said that his father not only came up to Boston to attend his dissertation defense, but served as a strong support system throughout the writing process, offering suggestions and edits along the way. After graduation, Pedro will head down to Atlanta and Emory University, where he'll begin his medical residency. He's still unsure of his long-term plans, but he'll be doing his residency in internal medicine. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this is the first of two profiles of our students we'll be sharing as we approach commencement. Next week, you'll hear the story of Dipali Ravel, who has been working to shed light on the biology behind the malaria parasite while also serving as an advocate for the importance of science education. That's all for this week's episode. A reminder that you can always find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you are someone who listens on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd love it if you could take a few minutes and leave a quick review of the podcast. Those reviews will help more people find us. 